Thank you for joining us this evening on the podcast. Coming to you live from the Gutterman Estates, located on the third fairway of the Louisville Country Club, with a stunning view of the lake. Today, our host, Michael Gutterman, will have a very cerebral discussion with you about photography, his philosophies on life, his thoughts on poverty, and those who do not shoot Leicas and Leica gloss. <laughs> oh, while he sips a lovely Chardonnay. Ah, I'm just goofing with ya. It's Mike Gutterman. He's in the Gutter Man Cave. He's drinking cheap ass beer. He's shooting APS film. And this is the Negative Positives Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 252. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave on another solo show. I guess uh, we really can't call these midweek episodes anymore because they're going to start coming out on Friday mornings instead of Thursday mornings. So, I don't know, the pre-weekend episode maybe is what we should call these. I don't know. We'll think of some some catchy catchphrase to call these episodes, but... Anyway, it is uh, uh, the, the month of July has ended. So one of the things we were doing in the month of July was uh, having a dad joke competition. Uh, Stanley Phillips has offered to give away to three different winners uh, two rolls of Fuji Superior 1600 film. So I thought, well, let's do a dad joke competition. And so uh, we've been reading some of these out on, on previous episodes, and I got a bunch more in here. So and uh, also on this episode, I will announce the winners, and I'll explain how I came to those uh, the winning uh, the winners the big wieners and the dad jokes the big dad wieners <laughs> dad wieners. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's get to uh, to the emails here. Of some of these dad jokes have come in uh, and, and, and towards the end of uh, July. Uh, so let's uh, let's just hear, let's let's check these out. So, uh, all right, the first one's from George Griffin from the On the Streets podcast, uh, which you should be checking out. Very good podcast. Uh, uh, he sends these in. He says, uh, uh, "What do you call a Frenchman wearing sandals?" Philippe Philope. Philippe Philop. <laughs> I guess Philippe Falop. <laughs> What's brown and sticky? A stick. All right. <laughs> now I do like this one. How do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You look for the fresh prints. <laughs> That's a good one. And then, uh, okay, he has a couple of musician uh, ones, which I, I, I dig. Uh, what did the drummer call his twin daughters? Anna one, Anna two. What? What, <laughs> what do you call a drummer without a girlfriend? Homeless. <laughs> uh, if you're a musician, you'll like those. What do you call a fish with no eyes? Fish. That's F-S-H. No I in there. Yeah. Uh, two budgies were standing on a perch. One says, can you smell fish? <laughs> what has 20 legs and flies? Five dead horses. <laughs> Uh, and then he continues I've been your host this evening and can be found on Instagram at Flaneur with a camera or at on the streets podcast also uh, also on on the streets podcast on all good pod catchers thank you and good night <laughs> well thank you George Griffin and definitely check out on the streets podcast uh, it's a very uh, very good podcast and um, he uh, gives uh, gives has given negative positives a lot of a lot of uh, uh, 
props on his podcast, and I definitely appreciate that. And we want to return the favor. So check out George's uh, podcast, On the Streets. So, Okay, the next one is from uh, Neil Piper. And uh, he is uh, the big one of the big wieners in the uh, the, the podcast uh, tag team double exposure challenge of uh, the soot and whitewash. Him and Alex Purcell uh, teamed up, uh, and so it was the big the big wiener uh, judged by M of Emulsive.org. So congratulations to Neil Piper uh, for the big the big win. But uh, he says, uh, "Hey Mike, you asked for some bad dad jokes. Well, here you go, pal." And I re- I really like this one. I was hoping this one would win, but. Uh, it, didn't unfortunately this is a good one uh two windmills are in a wind farm one says to the other what's your favorite type of music the other replies i'm a big metal fan <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> and then uh what's uh, what's forrest gump's email password one forrest one <laughs> a man and a giraffe walk into a bar after a few drinks the giraffe falls over and dies the man begins to walk out when the bartender stops him Hey, you can't leave that lion in here. The bartender yells out. The man turns around. It's not a lion, it's a giraffe. (laughs) Enjoy, Neil Piper. Uh, So check out Neil's uh, Soot and Whitewash podcast. Uh, uh, Always always good to hear from Neil. And uh, okay, next up, Matt Murray from the uh, 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 Matt Loves Cameras podcast. And uh, he says, good day, Mike. Oh, that's that's a little Australian there. Good day, Mike. I don't know. That was that was pretty good, wasn't it? Good day, Mike. <laughs> he says, I hope you are well and that you have continued to listen to the best film photography podcast coming out of Brisbane, Australia. Matt loves cameras. My recent episodes have included a guide to buying film cameras on eBay and some reviews of older cameras that take 126 and 127 film. More 35mm and instant cameras are planned. I even have an APS camera and film lined up for later this year. Not sure if you've heard, but the APS revival is, <laughs> is the hottest trend in film photography right now. It's it's taking over the world. <laughs> well, it, indeed it is, Matt. And I'll be I'll be looking forward to hearing that. I actually have uh, been catching up on all the podcasts. When I took my uh, week vacation in Florida, all the podcasts kind of piled up on me because I wasn't at work to listen to them. So I'm still getting caught up. And I think, uh, Matt, I should probably be hitting most of your episodes probably tomorrow night at work. Uh, so, yeah, I should get caught up with you then. So uh, he says, I, I'm still working on sending you a call-in camera review, but in the meantime, enjoy these dad jokes. Uh, did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. <laughs> so I used, to be, I used to be addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned myself around. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then here's another one. This must be a popular one because this is what Neil also sent in. What's Forrest Gump's password? One Forrest one. So it must be a very popular dad joke. And he says, and my favorite, I went to buy some camouflage pants the other day. Couldn't find any. <laughs> Hope you find them funny. Cheers, Matt Murray from Matt Loves Cameras. Well, thank you, Matt, for your dad joke submissions. And I will get caught up on your uh, podcast probably tomorrow night at work. So, all right. Uh, do we have any else here? Yeah, we have uh, Neil Waybright. And uh, he says, uh, he sends a dad joke in, says, there's a fine line between the numerator and the denominator. Only a fraction of people will find this funny. <laughs> it's good. So that's good. It's a very uh, nerdy math math dad joke. So if you got a if you got a kid you want to torture that's uh, good at math, maybe you throw that one at him. So <laughs> All right. Next one up is from let's see here. Let's see. Phil 
Uh, where's this? Is that all again? Oh, Philip Wren. Okay, Philip Wren. He says, uh, greeting. This is Philip Wren, and I have two really great dad jokes for everyone. Why did the scarecrow get promoted? He was outstanding in his field. <laughs> and I like this one. Did you see the new dry erase board? It's remarkable. <laughs> and then he continues, the last one almost always gets a laugh because of how bad it is. Also, I'd like to thank both of you for airing the best film and even photography podcasts I've heard. It sure makes those 11-hour driving shifts easy. Well, thank you so much, uh, Phil. Uh, that's a very nice thing to say, man. It's uh, always good to hear feedback like that. I sometimes wonder if we uh, are just uh, more annoying than uh, uh, <laughs> than anything, but always uh, nice to hear a good uh, compliment like that. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the dad joke. So. Okay, and then uh, we have one more dad joke, and yeah, there's going to be three winners in this contest, and I've already determined uh, that this guy is winning, uh, going to be one of the three winners because he not only emailed a dad joke, well, he didn't email a dad joke. He he basically uh, uh, sent a call-in camera review of the dad joke. And uh, <laughs> here's his email he sent me about it. He says, uh, this is David Mahali, the old camera guy on YouTube and Instagram and Flickr. Uh, he says, uh, hi again. You've been asking for dad jokes. You've been asking for call-ins. I figured I'd just combine the two and send, uh, dad, send a dad joke call-in. And since no one delivers a dad joke quite like Mike Gutterman, <laughs> I went ahead and did these gutter style. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, these jokes are guaranteed to make you groan. I can hear my subscriber count plummeting already. <laughs> Enjoy Dave Mahali, the old camera guy on YouTube, Instagram, and Flickr. And so, uh, I've Dave, uh, you are one of the winners. I'm going to tell you that right now, and then I'll tell the other two winners uh, in the, probably the next segment or whatever. But... Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, because it was a because it was a dad joke sent in on a call in, and he again uh, did his imitation of me, <laughs> and actually uh, one of the dad jokes is photography related. So because of those three reasons, uh, he's one of our three winners. But uh, let's listen to Dave Mahali's uh, call in dad <laughs> call in dad joke. All right, folks. Uh, today we've got a couple of dad jokes from none other than Mr. Dave uh, Dave Mahali. The old, the old camera guy on uh, YouTube or whatever. Uh, what do you call a 100-year-old cheerleader? Old yeller. All right, I'm going to give you uh, one more chance, Dave. Uh, what do Eskimos get when they, when they sit on the ice too long? Polaroids. I apologize, folks. Uh, I guess I should have read through these ahead of time. Shame on you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you got to give him that, man. <laughs> like, uh, you know, whether you liked his uh, imitation to me or not. I mean, a, a Polaroid joke, right? It was, it was camera, like it was film related. So, uh, Dave, you're uh, the first winner in the dad joke competition. Uh, and then so for the other two winners, I actually listed all the dad jokes on the Negative Pauses Film Photography Podcast Facebook group and had people vote on their top three favorites. And uh, there was two that, a lot of them had uh, quite a few votes, but there was two that got a lot of votes. Um, so, uh, and these two uh, from actually very active members of our of our group. So, uh, uh, the first winner of the Dad Joke Comedy, actually both these winners, uh, was read by Mr. Andre Dominguez on his solo show last week. So, uh, but I'll go ahead and uh, refresh your, your memory <laughs> 
whether you like it or not on the big the big wiener dad the big dad wiener jokes and um uh the first uh the the first the, the second winner i guess of uh, film from Stanley Phillips, uh, Two Rows of Fuji Superior 1600, is none other than none other than Mr. Junior Wyatt, and uh, his joke uh, that one was this one. My wife asked me, "Is it just me, or is the cat getting fat?" Apparently, no. It's just you. Wasn't the right answer. <laughs> so, Junior, you are uh, the second winner of Two Rows of uh, Fuji Superior 1600 from Mr. Stanley Phillips. And the other joke that got the uh, the most uh, votes, I think this one did this one. Yeah, they both kind of tied here. But uh, uh, Dustin Cogsdale from the Grainy Days podcast, and obviously a huge friend of the show, has been on the show many times, and uh, actually going to be joining us for our next roundtable uh, discussion, I believe. So if I've got that scheduled properly, uh, but yeah, Mr. Dustin Cogsdale, uh, this was a joke that Andre I think read last week, and uh, this was the other big the big the other big wiener. Uh, he says, if I had a DeLorean, I would only drive it from time to time. So <laughs> those were the, the other two winners. So congratulations to uh, Dave Mahali, uh, Junior Wyatt, and Dustin Cogsdale for uh, winning the Dad Joke competition. And uh, I will get with Stanley Phillips and get you guys set up uh, to get your two rolls of uh, Fuji Superior 1600 film from Stanley. Thank you very much, Stanley, for uh, uh, kind of uh, volunteering this up and, and uh, agreeing to... Uh, uh, send these rolls out to the the big winners of the dad joke competition. So, all right, I, I, I guess I've I've, I've 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 you know abused you all long enough with dad jokes. <laughs> so I will uh, take a break and uh, probably come back with a call and camera review. So uh, I'll be right back, folks. folks we're back from the break and we're going to do a call-in camera review this time from mr ian barnaby nutt uh he was our guest uh several episodes ago and i hope you guys listened to that it was a very good episode a uh, really good insight uh, uh to ian and uh especially how he makes zines and his uh, process on making zines so uh which he he makes incredible zines so i definitely recommend you check those out and try to get you procure yourself a copy if you can uh of some of his zines but uh he is going to do a call and camera review of the canon eos 5 so let's listen to ian barnaby nutt talking about the canon eos 5 hi this is ian nutt with another calling camera review uh today i'm out shooting my first role for the kodak 2238 project awesome project love the whole idea and uh i've been looking forward to getting out and actually actually shooting some work for it so uh that's happened today and with me, I've brought a Canon EOS 5. So, not a 5D, not a 5D Mark 15 or whatever they're up to now. It's the it's the original film range of uh, of Canon EOS cameras. But having said that, obviously it was one of the later um, film cameras that were made by Canon, and so benefits from lots of the sort of features that modern uh, digital Canon cameras would. So the the layout, for example, is, is feels pretty much like a, a modern 
digital camera. Obviously, all the same lenses fit. Uh, the handling and the, the kind of weight are, are similar as well. While the shape and size and layout of the camera are very similar to a modern 5D, for example, the camera is made entirely of plastic. Now, it is a, a quality... Um, thick kind of robust feeling plastic but nevertheless it, it, it is there's no metal in this there's no metal uh, body underneath the plastic coating uh, the camera is in fact sometimes referred to as the plastic fantastic and uh, yeah lives up to its name entirely there was a sweet spot before the kind of film resurgence happened where these cameras were going for, for peanuts I paid 35 pounds for mine uh, with the battery grip although there isn't actually a room for a battery in the grip it's just to allow you to use it in the sort of portrait um, orientation um, with with all the features in the same place as they are as if you're using it in in landscape so yeah bought that combination for 35 pounds it was slightly sticky when i got it but gave it a good clean up and uh yeah the thing's immaculate and is a is a really capable camera so obviously today for the uh, 2238 project, that's ISO 6 to 25 film. So I've been able to dial in manually ISO 16, I chose. Not sure why, just, just fit in the range. And because it's such a slow film, I've come out with a an old Sigma 50mm uh, f1.4 lens. Um, that lens fell off a very high shelf onto a concrete floor once upon a time, and the front, front element is... Uh, well, it's, it's more or less okay, but the, the UV filter took took most of the fall, smashed to pieces. The the filter ring's all wonky, but uh, it it still works, and it still allow it still you know opens up to to, to f one point four, which is allowing me to get plenty of light uh, for this really slow film. Obviously, shooting in Ireland, we're not blessed with with magnificent light, so needed to get a needed to get plenty of light into the into the camera. So the EOS five also has the eye tracking focus so once it's calibrated this thing will know which of the focus points you're looking at and will use that as the as the uh, focus point for the for the uh, for the focusing process and it works a treat it works really really well so there are five focus points across the, the you know the central uh, horizontal plane of the of the image and if you look in the direction of any one of those with your with you know the pupils detected and uh, and the and the focus locks quickly it's, it works perfectly other features of the camera so all the usual stuff really um, self timer manual modes aperture and shutter priorities full program and then some presets uh, not that I've ever used any of those but um, yeah just just uh, oh it's, there's a built-in flash as well which is uh, occasionally handy the batteries are still available for it they're not rechargeable but are readily available and, and pretty cheap um, so yeah uh, it it works a treat uh, i'm not sure what the prices are like now i'm sure they're still relatively cheap compared to the equivalent digital i think the eos 3 which was the more kind of more pro level uh, model probably fetches a lot more money than this eos 5 um, but if you're a Canon shooter, if you've got access to Canon lenses or want to buy some Canon lenses because obviously they're, they're everywhere and pretty cheap, then, yeah, take a look at the, the EOS 5 and 3 and that kind of era of, of Canon film cameras because, as I say, they're really capable get some great results. I'll share the results from what I've shot today as soon as I can in, in the 2238 project. 
Uh, hopefully, you know, a couple of these will be making the zine when we get get to that stage in the project. And uh, yeah, have a good weekend. Well, thank you, Ian Barnaby Nutt, for the call-in camera view. And yeah, you know the uh, the Kodak. 2238 project that Michael Bartasek put on. Uh, I just finished that myself and got my uh, my photos submitted to that. I'm sure I'll probably talk about that on the, the big weekend show, but I actually used my Pentax PZ-1P for both of my roles in that project. Another kind of whiz-bang, plastic, fantastic uh, 90s autofocus camera, but I found like with that really slow film, uh, it was it was kind of the perfect camera to shoot for that because I could go all the way down. I think I shot my 2238 at ISO 12. I think I did both rows at that. Um, and uh, it was just uh, it was a very nice camera to use for the, the kind of slow speed films. And I'm a big fan of some of these 90s kind of plastic but like fully featured uh, cameras because uh, you can still get them pretty cheap. They're not they don't really have the uh, the cool factor that maybe the old mechanical cameras that we're all paying a lot of money for now uh has and so i think they're still at this point the best bargains maybe in film photography so uh yeah definitely check out any of those uh 90s whiz bang supercomputer uh 35 millimeter uh slrs they're they're always a treat and you'll find uh you can get them for cheap and they are very very versatile uh so yeah um, the bad thing is, I guess, if they when they die, they're kind of doorstops. But you know, if you if you don't pay much for them, then uh, hey, why not? So, uh, but thanks for the call and camera view. If you uh, if you are listening and you want to send in a call and camera view, or or you want to talk about anything in your film photography world, your any projects, any uh, developing issues, or things you've learned, or things you found out, or even funny stories of how you effed up something. Uh, you can send those in to the show and we will definitely put them on the air. Uh, send those in, uh, just record your voice into your voice recording app on your phone or however you want to do it and send us the file to uh, negpositives at gmail.com. All right, I'm going to take one more little break here and I'm going to come back and there's one little thing I want to talk about and uh, we'll wrap up the show. So we'll take a break and be right back, folks. folks we're back for the final segment and there's just something i want to talk about uh, i got a really cool zine in the mail a couple maybe a couple weeks ago i talked about it on a face cast on the negative positives film photography podcast facebook group but i don't think i've mentioned it on an episode but i got this really cool zine from jamie marcellus and it's called better days views from a former destination and uh he's, it's it's a zine about like a it says here a roadway on the eastern edge of the city of toronto um around Kingston Road or Highway 2, uh, basically stretched from downtown Toronto to Kingston and beyond. Uh, but basically, it's a zine of a lot of old motels um, with really cool old signs. And if you've seen my photography, you know I'm a big fan of like this kind of stuff. It's stuff 
the scene has really spoke to me because it's really in my wheelhouse. I've kind of had a, a personal project here in Louisville, Kentucky to kind of document old science, old buildings, and I, I'm a sucker for old motels and any of these little slices of Americana that kind of remind me of like the, the Route 66 sort of uh, look of a lot of these places. Uh, and I know that this uh, zine was taken in Canada, but obviously they uh, had a lot of, s- of the same similar styles to this, uh, these kind of Americana looking sort of uh, motels and, and stuff like that. Uh, so it's just a really cool zine and I really appreciate it, Jamie. It's uh, been very ins- inspiring for me because uh, this is exactly the, the type of work I, I love doing. Uh, so I definitely recommend you checking out the zine. Uh, he is on Instagram. It's Jamie Marcellus. He's on Instagram at JS Marcellus Photography. And uh, Marcel, it's basically J S M A R C E L L U S Photography. Jamie Marcellus Photography. Uh, and yeah, it's just a really cool zine. And it brought up something uh, that I've been thinking about lately as I've been shooting. I, I went out and shot uh, my 2238 project, Michael Bartosek's project, and Dan Novak's 135mm project uh, this last week or so, which I'm sure I'll talk about a little bit on the weekend episode. Uh, but when I was out shooting, I was kind of in an urban area, and I was avoiding cars, avoiding vehicles, automobiles. And... Uh, one thing, and I'm not sure, really sure why I did this. And it's funny, I was listening to, I've been catched up on Sunny 16 podcast, and uh, Graham has an uh, episode where he's out with a buddy of his, uh, like shooting, uh, out shooting, and just kind of uh, talking about their shooting process. And Graham actually asked a question to his friend uh, Do you try to avoid having uh, vehicles, modern vehicles, in, in his photographs? And, and he was like, No, I, I don't. And so it, it got me thinking, and, and this zine from Jamie Marcellus, and some of the photos, there are some, there's some old vehicles in some of the, in some of the photos, but there's also in the background, you can see some, some very modern automobiles. And uh, I usually have tried to avoid those things because I feel like it, it dates the, the photograph a little bit. It's, and it's, uh, I don't know, it just, modern vehicles and look i work for ford motor company and we're guilty of it as well like uh, i saw this thing where uh they showed like all the small suvs from every manufacturer from the side like this big chart showed every manufacturer's uh small suv or whatever and from the side they all look exactly the same and it's getting to the point now where i drive down the freeway or whatever and i'm behind a bunch of vehicles I can't tell one brand's car from another brand's car unless I look at the the logo on the back of the vehicle or whatever. I don't really know what make the car is anymore. It seems like all cars look exactly the same now. All SUVs look exactly the same. And uh, I wonder, like, I felt like it wasn't quite like that in the 70s and 80s, but maybe it was. Like, maybe in the 70s and 80s, photographers were like, I don't want to take a, let's get these cars out of here. It's, 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 it's making my photo look, uh, it's dating my photo or whatever. Um, but it was what was actually said in the Sunday 16 podcast episode, which I agree with, is like, you know, 10 years from now, these cars won't look the same. 10 years from now, these cars will seem kind of retro. Uh, I remember when my my son was uh, my oldest son when he was really little he was obsessed with like these like uh, kind of like really nice like car models like and like they're sort of like toys we let him play with them and he ended up destroying most of them but like these like you know these die cast uh, cars are like kind of really good copies of of particular cars I remember one time we went to the toy store and he wanted to get a new car you know and he wanted a like it was a model of a 
uh, I don't know, it's like an early 70s Ford Pinto, which is a kind of a laughing stock of a car. I mean, the Ford Pinto was kind of known to have issues where uh, if you hit them the right way in the back end, they could blow up because of where the gas tank was. I don't know. I think it was a little bit over-exaggerated, but but I remember buying that and thinking, oh, Ford Pinto, it's funny that my son wants a, uh, a, a car of a Ford, uh, you know, a, a model of a Ford Pinto. And uh, But I looked at the car and I was like, you know what, if this car was manufactured today, this car would be pretty badass. And I don't know at any... <laughs> <laughs> at any time that anyone would consider a Ford Pinto badass, but the styling was just, which wasn't considered great back then, now looks so retro and kind of cool that like, wow, this, this, I would, if a Ford Pinto came out and looked like this today, uh, providing they fix that gas tank problem, I'd probably buy one, you know? And so it's, it, it also brings back, you know, I've talked many times about like, uh, photos that you think don't mean anything today, like maybe something mundane of like a, a modern gas station or a modern store or whatever. 10 years from now, it's not going to look the same. 20 years from now, it won't look the same. And so I think I'm going to stop trying uh, to avoid having modern modern vehicles, modern automobiles in my photographs because... 10 years from now, they're not going to look modern, especially the way the automobile industry is changing nowadays, as quick as it's changing. I mean, we may be in a situation where things look completely different in 10, 15 years. So, uh, yeah, I, it's, I've always avoided modern vehicles in my photography. And, uh, but I think I need to stop doing that because, I mean, you know, it's, it's part of the times, right? It's a document of the times. Anytime you take a photograph, it's a document. And we're documenting uh, uh, where we're at uh, and, and what we're seeing. And why try to avoid having uh, uh, modern vehicles in your, in, your, in your scene? Because 5, 10, 20 years, especially 20 years from now, that car is going to be seen like, oh, wow, look at that. I remember those vehicles. Wow, that's, that's, that's kind of quaint. <laughs> but... So, but in his zine, uh, Jamie Marcellus zine, uh, he has some, some photos where in the background you can see some modern vehicles and stuff like that. And I, it made me think that like, hey, these photos are really working. And he didn't try to avoid, you know, having modern uh, automobiles in, in his zine. And, and these photos still really work really great. And maybe uh, when I'm taking that photograph and a car drives by, and it's a modern vehicle. I'm like, oh, well, that's that shot's wasted. I wish that guy hadn't drove into my scene. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I should should not not have to worry about that anymore. So, I just kind of wonder, you guys, how do you guys feel about like you know modern automobiles, modern things showing up in your in your in your photographs? Because you know there's going to be a day when that's not modern anymore, and that's going to seem retro and cool, kind of like a Ford Pinto. But uh, <laughs> but. Anyway, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, we have on uh, this uh, the Monday episode we're recording is with uh, Brian uh, Caparici. I hope I got his last name pronounced correctly. Uh, I haven't actually talked to him personally, uh, so I'm not sure I got that. But it's Brian Caparici. He has a, he does a podcast that's uh, about the business of photography, but he also has uh, kind of had a subset in his podcast where he's talking about his return or his, his journey into film photography. So it'd be interesting to hear, uh, uh why he has decided to journey into film and, uh, 
and you know what what the what the how that process has been. So uh, he's been very active on the Facebook group. So looking forward to talking to Brian. And so we have a uh, post up uh, if you want to uh, pose questions to him on the Facebook group. Uh, that would uh, help us uh, kind of uh, come up with some insightful questions uh, for him on the, uh, the the Monday recording episode. So okay, uh, everybody uh, have a great weekend. Uh, you can see my photography on Instagram at Gutterman Photo, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. Uh, you can join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. And we also have an Instagram account under Negative Positives, mostly ran by a friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Randall. Uh, and if so, if you submit photos to Instagram, uh, think about using the hashtag negative positives and maybe Bryce will highlight it so we can all see it on the negative positives uh, Instagram account. Okay, uh, again, uh, everybody have a great weekend. Everybody stay positive. Shoot some cool film photos. Gutter Man Cave Production!